Sam. Yeah, Don? I heard a man's not supposed to cry, but I can't hide these tears inside. What's that, Don? What's this all about? I heard it through the grapevine. Not much longer would you be mine. (laughs) Yes, we've got big news related to the grapevine. We do indeed. That was a really cool text message we got last night. Yes, Sam and I are going to be the hosts of the new AA Grapevine podcast that we're creating for the AA Grapevine magazine, the official magazine of AA, our meeting in print. Indeed, folks. And it's uh, it's going to be really cool. We're coming up with some new show formats, a more frequent show as well. We've got some cool ideas and we've been kind of given run of things to just come up with what cool and new things might work. It's going to be a blast. No. It's going to be it's going to be a hoot. <laughs> and we're looking forward to it. Stay tuned, we'll give you more information as it develops. Yeah, we're going to keep y'all in the loop. Thanks for listening. Don's going to ask you a question that's going to uh kick off the conversation and then it just goes wherever it goes. Can I make my cow sound again or my <laughs> you can do whatever you want to do. Release the owl. Welcome to the Boiled Owl Coffee Club Podcast, the meeting after the meeting where we talk about our experience living sober. We don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous. This is only our experience. We have no monopoly on sobriety. If you don't like our approach, that's okay. There's lots of ways to live and lots of ways to live sober. This works for us. I'm Don. Howdy, Don. Hey, y'all. I'm Sam. Sam. Donny boy. Ah, shimmy. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> there, there is something that we have to cover immediately. Okay? Let's cover it's, it. It's like, we need like, like. We have been meaning to talk about this for the last, I don't know what, two or three episodes at least. And we have completely forgotten every time. Something so obvious. And that is that people who listen to the show regularly, fans, you might even call them, are called what? Who? Alcoholics. <laughs> it's the <laughs> alcoholics. <laughs> Hi, all you alcoholics. We adore you. <laughs> we do. It's great to have the alcoholics here. Otherwise, it'd just be us talking into these little screens. (laughs) Little tiny boxes. How you been, Sam? I'm good. I am so enjoying getting out into the community, going to in-person meetings, meeting people. It feels like things have started for real since the move to California. I mean, it kind of feels like almost like we were in like limbo. Yes. And now it's like, okay, this is what it was supposed to be like moving to a new area. I get to meet all these new people in recovery and make new friends and see how horribly wrong they do AA here. Oh, Lord. (laughs) But you're going to have to do the 90 and 90 (laughs) and start now because... (laughs) No, they're not. They don't do it horribly, but it is different. It's cool. Yeah. Well, Tell me, what is different from AA in North Carolina, as you're accustomed to, to the AA that you are experiencing in Palm Springs, 
So there's a huge difference in a lot of the meetings that I go to. It's not really a speaker meeting that happens here in North Carolina. Our speaker meetings or the speaker will talk for 45, 50 minutes or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here, you're asked to be the lead of the meeting and you share for 10 to 15 minutes and it can be your story or it'll be on a topic or whatever. And then here's where the really weird, uncomfortable, I got to get used to this thing kicks in. There's some crosstalk built into this. A lot of people will speak directly to the person who was the lead, will speak to them, speak about what they shared and how far they've come. It's something different. It's incredibly different for me because I was raised with lots of we don't crosstalk. We share generally to the group. We don't share to a person. Right. And the only way we do it, and we do it all the time, is say, I don't want to crosstalk. But, but. <laughs> and then share directly to the person. Ain't that the, yeah, there's still plenty of crosstalk <laughs> in North Carolina meetings. It's just the culture is not to not do it. But the culture here very much is almost conversational. I mean, person still only shares once. Yeah. Yeah. A little, there's little differences everywhere you go. Yeah. They are all about some fellowship here. You know, going out to eat after the meeting is a big deal with a lot of groups here. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Talking about going out to eat after meetings and stuff. The first time I went out to eat after a meeting, there was like 25 people that went. That was entirely too many. And so, <laughs> Pride and like, if I can keep it to six or, or fewer, I'm good. Yeah, I like us. I like a small group. I like an intimate conversation. <laughs> well, speaking of small groups, we have a little small group right here with us. Yeah, we do. This is, I was thinking that we could call this one perhaps the boiled Dow. Ooh, <laughs> Instead of the boiled have, Dow. Since, since you're still talking with that mushy Southern mouth, <laughs> uh, you might want to spell that. T-A-O, the boiled well, Dow. The boiled Tao, T-A-O. The, the boiled Dow is in the Dao Di Ching, except oh. this is more, this is, you know, the Dao Di Ching is to flow like water. I'm, I'm like water. I'm like, but I'm boiling flowing water You're boiling flowing water <laughs> well just stay away from the electronics okay so so what we're going to create here with our guest is the dao de jour <laughs> instead of the dao de ching <laughs> so is it we'll flavored big... uh, is it owl flavored soup is that what you're saying? yeah it's it's owl owl flavored nothingness <laughs> Oh my God, we, we better get our guest in on this conversation. <laughs> hey, I'm waiting till I'm announced so I can well, get in on this guy. Welcome back, buddy. It's good to have you back on the show. Uh, it's good to be here, my friend. Good to be here. I have missed a lot of face-to-face yeah. meetings as well. Uh, I started going a few weeks ago to a weekly meeting. I read how it works. And I almost teared up uh, realizing how much I had missed it. Oh, wow. So be prepared yeah. when you go to your first one, Don. Yeah, I did not know because we've been doing the fourth dimensioners nightly meeting and I've been going five nights a week, probably on average. That's the Zoom meeting. The Zoom meeting. Yes. That we started back in March of last year, thinking it was going to yeah. stop. We turned it over to a group content <laughs> and they weeks. said, no, it's not going to stop. You know, <laughs> we're keeping it going. So they've taken it over. 
sometimes against my will, but I've, I've managed to stay out of it a little, you know, and so they, uh, they're taking it. You, wait a minute. You're not a bleeding deacon. I was about are to you? say you're working on that elder statesmanship, right? I'm wanting to be, I really am. My sponsor told me, he's, you know, you might just need to even stop going to that meeting. If it keeps bothering you, you know, uh, and I said, no, nah, I don't know. I said, we'll see. I said, if it keeps, I said, I think the bothering is good because it's teaching me how to let go and just let them handle it. Even if they don't do it the way I think they should. Well, that that's really hard, but I think that's like when you're really getting into the ninja level recovery where like you started the group yes, at the very beginning. And I went to that meeting that was on March 15th. Mm -hmm. I went to that meeting it was at nine o'clock and that meeting's still going on. What's the address? It's just zoomaameetings.com goes directly to that link. I did the link before we were doing all these zoom meetings. I had no idea yeah. that, you know, there, it's yeah. the fourth dimensioners. If you look it up in the uh, meeting guide guide. Mm -hmm. And so I went to that meeting. I was going, Oh, I need to do this. And we need this in Greensboro. So I started the shivering denizens group, which is still going on. Now we're five days a week, but I know what you mean because I feel ownership of shivering denizens group and, and we formed a home group and I'm like, actively letting go but i'm telling you what it is an act of will to let go i'm letting go as hard as i possibly can and, we, and there are claw marks <laughs> well we've got newcomers who have gotten sober strictly in that meeting mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. all they know of aa us too now they're getting yeah. a year and they all want to come in and do things and which is good you know, and I've just had to actually, I've committed to stop going to the group consciences just entirely to the home group meeting, to the home group meeting. Yes. Uh, we have a monthly meeting and I'm just not going to go anymore. I'm just going to let them do their thing. We have a lot of people with long-term sobriety. there there as well. So it's, that's probably good. I think buddy. it is Don. I think it is. There's no probably to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. That's to let hard. Go. To Have let you ever had any trouble with a, a letting go of a group, Sam? Uh, no, I. So back in Greensboro uh, with a former now former DCM district committee member within the general service structure, um, Karen, who's been a guest on the show, um, she and I started uh, service nerds which is a general service manual study group, uh, much more conversational, but 6.15 on Wednesdays in Greensboro, and they're on still meeting on Zoom. And I moved, which made it real easy to, <laughs> to let go of the group. But it was one of those things prior to the move even, uh, I think it was January 1st, the first of the year of 2020, that I let go of it because I told them, it's like, I'm, I'm going to be a part of this for X amount of time. Um, and Karen and I drove it. Um, and then it was our job to turn it over, to let it go. And we did. One of the things that is important to me was to let other people do the work. I've got to give them the space to hold these service positions, to do these things, to make mistakes. Nah. And also <laughs> not offer my opinion, unless it's asked for, Woo. That's, that's tough. 
That's really tough. <laughs> yeah, that's really tough. But what you're talking about with the group, what really all of us are talking about is the spirit of rotation that's yes. in AA. We don't want to become the one person that is associated with a meeting because the meeting needs to be about all of AA and not about one person's will. You know, there was a speaker meeting that had the same treasurer for 15 years, and they never wanted to change the treasurer because he kind of had a joke. Well, I'll continue to be the treasurer every year when it would come up because, I mean, this is the way I've been sober and I don't want to drink. So he continued to do it. It turns out he's embezzling for 15 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, there's reasons to. But, you know, I mean, even at the, uh, the the general service office in New York, there are staff members and they work the various desks of AA, like um, uh, cooperation with the professional community and public information, things like that. Even they rotate their positions because we don't want them to become the expert, the right. one person who is referred to for all these things. We want the new perspective to come in and things like that. And to keep ego out of it. And that's ego? what the problem What's that? Is. No, ego is never a problem, Don. What are you talking about? <laughs> I had a sponsee in our, after our last group conscience that said, you know, I didn't know you signed up to be the dissenting vote to hold that position. I said, what do you mean? He said, you do, you are the one against everyone else on everything. And uh, I said, yeah, I, I did not think those were good decisions for the group. And, and after the whole thing was over, I said, you know, I said, I don't want to be that person. And I don't see where anything was accomplished from my opinion being voiced. So maybe I don't need to be voicing it. Well, if you're the one dissenting voice, it may be that the group conscience was different. Oh, it, it was definitely different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. I've got to it's a let go or get dragged instead of let go and let God. Uh, well, buddy, you were on the show in 2018. It's in the feed. You can go back and listen. You to haven't it, cut but... it out yet. You haven't. Dropped so, it. <laughs> yeah, it, we let it. We let it stand. And <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's great. And I, so I don't want to repeat what we talked about as far as your story goes. But when did you get sober? Yeah, I got sober in November, uh, November 10th of 08 is my sobriety date. I started coming to AA in August of 2002. So I was six years in and out first. I was very sick, had pancreatitis, 50-50 chance of living in the hospital six weeks, almost died. Pancreatitis. I have a sponsee who had pancreatitis. He's in early recovery. And he said, sometimes he'll get the urge to drink. And when he gets the urge, he gets phantom pain in his pancreas. Oh, really? wow. And I was going, oh, that is good. You got a check engine soon light there. You know, <laughs> so the warning light's coming. Oh, on. that's great. I only have 10% of mine left, though. What pancreatitis does is actually eat your pancreas up. So I'm a diabetic now because of my alcohol. Oh, Al wow. Alcoholism is a deadly disease. Yes. And yes. I thought that was hyperbole when I came in, but it's not. No, not at all. Uh, so I finally, after six years of in and out, in hindsight, I finally surrendered. Because it was all about surrender for me. I, I came in thinking that God helped me with things. I came from a Christian background. As a teenager, I didn't drink a lot because um, I had a relationship with God, was involved in church, all those things. 
I didn't really start drinking heavy until my late twenties. I didn't drink, but just several years, but I hit it hard. And when I did, I finally, I got sick quickly. And I thought God was to help me with these things. I, I use a wall analogy with this. I thought that, you know, if I had the proverbial wall to get over, it says my alcoholism that I did everything I could do, work as hard as I could work, believed and prayed as hard as I could pray. And that little bit I need, you know, I'd almost be over and God just push that right cheek a little bit and just help me on over, you know, that little touch I need, you know, but it was all about me. Did you say cheek? I said cheek. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And so that's how I thought it worked. But when I came to my alcoholism, it did not work that way. And I'd been successful in business, uh, had mm -hmm. a wife and kids. I had all the things that I had not lost. And I just could not figure out how to get God to do this for me. Yeah. <laughs> that it wasn't, I needed a God belief. I really needed to change what I believe. I had to lose some of my belief actually. And what my part was in this. Well, thing. Well, yeah, I did too. I had to lose my belief because my belief was in both a punishing God and a belief in there is no such thing. Mm -hmm. I believe both things at the same time. Well, I, got, I came into AA and I saw people changing and I knew this was not something they were doing on their own, but yet they didn't believe the way I believed. And they basically didn't qualify for God to do anything for them based on my belief. Mm -hmm. So it just really messed with my head. I was like, well, I see it working and I'm going to believe what I see. How, so how did you come to the place that you let go of your old definition of God and, and reattach the word God to something different than that, the, that helper who would help you in hard times. I had to come to the point of suicide for that, Don. Mm. I really did. Um, I came to the point and it's mentioned in the book that either God is, or he isn't. And I came to a, that jumping off point as well. Uh, I remember I was sitting in the backyard with a gun in my hand, had wrote my notes. Oh, and I, I And I, um, I just couldn't do it. I was too chicken shit to kill myself. I just pulled the gun away and shot over my head, you know? Oh, no kidding. And I just, I just couldn't do it. And I said, God, either you are, or, or you're not, I can't continue to drink. I will figure out a way to do this or this works, you know, either, either AA works, either I get sober or I'm out of here. I will figure out a way to do it. And mm. that, you know, that I'm not too uh, cowardly to do. You, you know, uh, I like the poetry of Kabir, who's uh, mm -hmm. I think it's 11th century Sufi poet. He talks about God as the guest. There's a line that he has when the guest is being sought for it's the intensity of longing for the guest that does all the work yeah yeah and for me as well i had i did not get to the point of suicide but i can feel the desperation and it was the desperation that i felt that i'm gonna drink or something's got to happen and i give up 
help me. At that moment, Don, at that very moment, it just lifted. And I was mm. like, fuck, is this all I had to do? Yeah, now, but <laughs> I mean, it took yeah. all this time, right? All this yeah. trying, all of this misery for six years. And I was like, okay, it, it, it is so simple that I could not do it because I'd never been taught to give up or let go or surrender. Everything was opposite. I was always taught about everything. Never did you stop trying. It's like, how do you find the place that you let go at that level? Uh, it was like to let go at that level. I well, for me, it required pain, emotional pain. I think so too, for me as well. What, what I suggest when I'm working with someone, it's what we're, we learn in AA. When we have any kind of craving or, or in that dark place, we go help someone. We get our mind off mm -hmm. ourselves. We get our mind off of what we're thinking. And we go and put our mind on how we can help someone else. To finish my fence analogy, I learned that what I do, instead of trying to get over this proverbial fence, whatever it is, I don't even try. I see I need to do this. I look around and say, okay, who can I help? And invariably, there's someone around me that's in my path every time that I can help in some way. And I go help them. And when I do, I find myself on the other side of this fence, whether, and I don't know how it happens. Either they pull me up, either I walk through it, I go under it. I don't know. It just happens beyond my yeah. effort, beyond my control, beyond my ability. You know, instead of trying to figure it out, there'll be trash on my way in in Walmart every time where there always is anyway. But especially I'll see a piece of paper, one piece of paper on the way in. I'll say, I got people to do this and I stop and I pick up the paper and put it in the trash. And when I do my visit in Walmart goes better. That's, you know, it's like <laughs> in early in AA, I remember the first time I threw a piece of trash into the trash can and it bounced off. And I went, eh, you know, I'm sober. I, I have to go pick that up. Don't I? <laughs> I, I, I am. I've never heard anyone talk about this, but I'm the same way. It's it's like I used to miss the trash can and it's like whatever. And yeah. now I go pick up my trash and throw it. How funny. It works to be to have a service mentality. And that's uh -huh. what I've learned. And and we've been talking, we started talking about the Tao. That's when I started studying about the Tao Te Ching and all the Nag Hammadi writings and all those things. And I ended up getting over to to studying this ancient book of 81 chapters, uh, the second most publicized published book in the world behind the Bible, the Tao Te Ching, the Tao Te Ching with hundreds of translations. Um, we started studying mm -hmm. it in a recovery group, actually in an online group I was in. And it went so well that we made it into a podcast. It's the Tao of our understanding. I, yeah, I'll enjoy that podcast. Yeah, well, you call me sometimes we talk about it, you know, it, yeah. it's good. Uh, Can you describe what the Tao Te Ching is, what the Tao is just in a, in a paragraph? Yeah. Um, if it's possible. It, maybe. 
I, I see the Dow, the Dow, and this is, this is like this is. I realize what I did. This is like describe your higher power. In, That's exactly what well, you did, so, Don. Well, let let let's start off with one clarification. I'm very uninformed about the Dow, but I am aware of Buddhism and that Buddhism is not a religion where Christianity is a religion and that there are many, many Christians who practice Buddhism. So it's, it's a type of spiritual practice, but not a religion. What is the Tao in regard to all that type of thinking? There were three philosophies that came out of China, more or less. You've got Confucianism, Taoism, and Buddhism. Okay. And there's a story of the vinegar tasters that kind of explains it very well. There's, there was a metaphorical meeting between uh, Lao Tzu, who is credited with the Tao, uh, Buddha, and mm. um, Confucius. Confucius, thank you, Don. Confucius for Confucianism. So uh, they had a vinegar tasting, and vinegar tastings were very common at that time. They used vinegar for medicinal purposes and all kinds of things. So they had a tasting. For quality vinegar. Yes, for quality. Confucius tasted it, spit it out. He said, why would anyone taste such a thing? You know, it's, it's, it's bitter. And, and Confucianism is, I understand it like the book of Proverbs in the Bible, let's say, just good principles to live by in life. Um, rule-driven. Rule-driven, very much. And Buddha tasted the vinegar, and, you know, he talked about how we put all these attachments in what we want and into our life, and that causes us all the suffering that we have. And, uh, Lao Tzu tasted the vinegar. And he smiled and he said, hmm, yeah, that's vinegar. That's how it's supposed to taste. Acceptance. Okay. So I said, that's it. <laughs> that is it. Because I saw that as a path to helping me to accept things as they are, accept what is. And that's what I see in the Tao Te Ching is acceptance. I see it all the way through all 81 verses. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really incredible. Each verse of it is a little poem, and it continually drives home. You have no control. Let go of everything. You control nothing. <laughs> Can you let the water settle? Can you let the mud settle to where the right answer will show by itself? You don't have to do anything except stop shaking the muddy water and just wait yeah. and look quit agitating yes <laughs> why are you looking at me when you say that don <laughs> sam you're agitating me <laughs> now a lot of people think the Tao is god or higher power you see it related that way but in reality the Tao is just a path like you see books the Tao of this the Tao of that so forth and so on they're just saying the path of is all it is. Oh, yeah. I remember the, the Tao of motorcycle maintenance. Yes. Yes. It's the path. Now, the day, T-E, it's T-A-O-T-E-C-H-I-N-G. So this is the book. Ching is the book. So day is the virtue. So this is the book of the path of virtue, basically, uh -huh. if you really wanted to break it down. Things like the Tao does not take sides, but it always is with the one who forgives. The one who forgives is on the side of the Tao, in other words. The Tao doesn't show preferences. So I use the Tao for the past year. I've been using the Tao as a daily meditation, sometimes one verse for two or three days. 
uh, and I'm using a translation that Wayne Dyer written and has commentary on it that I find really engaging. And Sam, this is where I've gotten things like for today, practice not having an opinion and see where it hurts your ego to not ah, express okay. your opinion. So I really like that book and have been using it really usefully as a morning meditation. The reason morning meditations work, I've been through daily reflections. I've probably done it seven times. What's useful about doing it day by day, every day, is it slowly sinks in <laughs> and becomes a way of thinking. It becomes mm -hmm. my way of thinking. It's brainwashing. <laughs> My brain needed washing. I needed a different way of thinking about the world. You know, and seven times going through the daily reflections. And this is what happens with going to meetings too. Slowly but surely, I give up my ideas about the way the world operates and the, about the way the world should operate. Should. That, that's the key <laughs> word. The way yeah. it should. And, and as soon as I can get the shoulds out of the way, that's acceptance is available to me. And that comes from immersing myself in AA. That's my experience. That's mine too. And that's one of the reasons I'm so happy to be back in meetings is that I get that regular experience, not only of being around people who are trying to live the way I'm living. There's also some people, both sides that are examples of what I want to be and what I want to do. And there's people that are really good mirrors of where I am right now or where I've been. Yes. Now, I know we're talking a lot about Tao right now, but I just want to throw it out there that I picked up a, uh, a daily meditation book that I've been using for, gosh, I guess a month or so now, that is the Daily Stoic. I've been getting their emails for a couple years, uh, but I finally decided to purchase the book, which is something different. It's from uh, Marcus Aurelius uh, Epitectus. I'm sure I murdered that name, <laughs> but I'm finding those small digestible one page at the most, morning readings, really useful and starting to rewire my thinking. There you go. It changes my perspective on the day. So I want to read one here, buddy, and see if you recognize this. This is not the Tao Te Ching. This is from a book that you wrote. I helped and I did illustrations for the book. What's the name of it? Powerless But Not Helpless. Actually, I got the title from one of your podcast episodes back in August. I thought, I wonder if I could take the Tao Te Ching and have a recovery interpretation, what it means to me in recovery. So over about 11 days, I wrote all 81 chapters, COVID and all was going on. And I just wrote, and it was incredible what came out. So you took a verse from the Tao and then reflected on it and reworded it in recovery terms using your experience. Yeah, my experience is what it means to me. So it's different from, I didn't take all of their original language. I mean, I look at all the original language, but it's an interpretation, not a translation. So I did not translate the Tao Te Ching. I just interpreted it for recovery. Right. So here's one, living from the heart. When the way of sobriety, the way of love is abandoned in life, actions are no longer from the heart. We find ourselves helping others because we're supposed to, not because we want to. We start wishing we no longer have to be honest. 
We pray less and attend fewer meetings. We become agitated at times for no apparent reason. We eventually become a shell of what we used to be, fear growing behind every action. If we do not surrender again to this way of love, this way of sobriety, we are destined to drink. What I, I remember reading that the first time. This is relapse. Pulling back from meetings. I, I sometimes can feel myself. I don't want to be, I don't want to go pick up that piece of trash that bounced off the trash can. <laughs> I don't want to be rigorously honest. Why do I have to do this? And that's pulling away. You used, if we do not surrender again to this way of love, this way of sobriety, we're destined to drink. Is that the Tao? Yes, I believe the Tao, for me, my experience, if I think of God as being love, love's an action, love's a verb. That would make God a verb, not a noun. Uh, and that's how I began to look at God. God was an action. God was that connectivity that connects all of us. My life gets better. I'm not meant to understand it. I'm just meant to do it. It's like acting your way into right thinking. And everything I've learned feeds into that and just, just makes that work a little easier. Uh, life has gotten so simple, so much peace when I just let go of all of that, Don. Let go. But you're saying we pray less, we attend fewer meetings. We, we let go, but we need to do the work. And the work is a life of love. Mm, I see. That's the work. Um, it never helps when I try to improve Buddy. It always helps when I try to yeah. do for you. Yeah. See, we can, we can bring that attitude into everything, in the way we drive, in the way that we behave at the grocery store. <laughs> I mean, everywhere. One of the things with the Dow that nails home all the time is letting go of everything. In fact, there's even some verses that say, have no purpose, simply be. And I read it and I go, oh, I don't like that. I do. <laughs> what do you mean? don't have a purpose. What do you mean? Don't strive. There is trouble in the world and it's irresponsible to not resist it and fight against it. And it's talking about this letting go, letting go, letting go to where it's like, let go of everything to where I just don't do anything and be, and just watch the world go by. Is that what it's saying? I don't think so, Don. I was hoping you'd say that. I think it's saying that we let go of our selfish agenda, let go of what we learn in the 10th step, you know, our dishonesty, our resentment, our selfishness, and our fear. That's the things that I let go of. I know I've got an example that I've seen you doing this of letting go of striving, letting go of trying to make things happen. So this is exactly like the way I think of higher power. If I let go and just see what's available, what God puts in front of me, what my higher power provides in front of me and respond to that, that's what I need to do every day. That is the flow, Don. That's the path. And that I think that as we wake up spiritually and we, we start to let go of our own agenda and our fears and all the things that keep us from seeing, that's the kind of things we can start seeing in our life. And uh, for me, it's just about being available, really, more than anything else. It's about being available without an agenda. And when I get rid of my 
you know, all that 10th step stuff, you know, my selfishness, my dishonesty, my resentment, my fear, I'm able to start seeing that more. And, and it's easy things. It's like the merry-go-round that's going and I'm not close enough to step on. And all those things get me closer to where, and it doesn't matter where I step on, just as long as I step on. As opposed to fighting. Pushing, striving, forcing. Pushing, mm-hmm. striving, mm-hmm. trying to change the direction of the merry-go-round. Right. <laughs> I've got a few quotes uh, I've had on my wall for years. This is from the 23rd. Open yourself to the Tao, then trust your natural responses, and everything will fall into place. Let go and let God. That's it. That's it. Well, I like it. The Tao is another approach. There's lots of approaches to higher power. And this is, this is one approach. You know, this really helps fill that gap too, between the God of our understanding and the doorknob. You know, that's a huge gap for folks in recovery. Yeah. (laughs) Buddy, thanks so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Stick around. Watch out for that owl. It's time for our old, I mean, uh, old timer (laughs) question. Were you going to call me an old fart? Well, maybe. (laughs) Who you calling an old timer? (laughs) You. That's what happens if you don't drink and you don't die. Well, no matter how long you've been sober, Sam, it's still one day at a time. That's the way it works for all of us. Did you just let one rip? Oh, my God. You did that sound effect. (laughs) I didn't do it. You did it. Let's be rigorously (laughs) honest. Hey, on Zoom, is it who? I hear it. it. (laughs) You can post a question at boiledowlaa.org. We have a question from Justin in Asheboro, North Carolina. What the heck is sponsorship and why should I have one? Yeah, that's a good question. I didn't know what a sponsor was when I came in, but I had friends in AA that had gotten sober before I did, and I just naturally turned to them. My first sponsor was one of those people that I was asking them what AA was, and that's what a sponsor is, is a guide. What is AA? What are these people in the meetings saying? One thing that I found really difficult was going to meetings. You can hear all kinds of things. You don't know what you're going to hear in a meeting. People are coming from different points of view, and everything that everybody says may not be AA. And this one discussion meeting that I went to, I would get confused, and I'd talk to my sponsor after the meeting, and he'd say, you know, some are sicker than others, and there are some people here who are they're new. And they don't, you know, they're expressing with great authority their point of view, but that's not AA. And he would tell me what AA was. I needed a sponsor for that because I couldn't decipher all this stuff. It was not clear to me. It wasn't clear to me how AA was not a religious organization, but all these meetings are in churches. And, you know, my sponsor told me that they're renting. They're just paying rent for these spaces. And then there's the steps and working through the steps. I cannot do it alone because it's not the way it works. 
we admitted we were powerless over alcohol is, as it's often said, it's a we program and it's, it can't be me doing all of it. And I actually can't share my inventory to myself. So I, I need someone else to share it to. So, and I needed a sponsor's guidance all the way through the steps, every, every single part of it. I depended on my sponsor to, to help me know what to do. And the way that I knew that I could depend on him was that he had done it. I wanted what he had. Like we say, I was attracted to his demeanor and his way of living his life. And I wanted to follow in in his shoes. So having a sponsor is having a guide. Thank you, old fart. <laughs> Bless your heart. Buddy. <laughs> Bless my heart. Oh, how Southern. Uh, buddy, what the heck is sponsorship and why should I have one? I remember my first sponsor and I got the sponsor I needed. Getting a sponsor really, other than my surrender to alcohol, was my next surrender because I learned how to let go and say, okay, I need this sponsor. I don't know who I need. I've got to have help here. And the, the person actually, I saw the person I wanted to be my sponsor and I followed them after I couldn't catch them at the meeting. And I followed him to a store after the meeting, a little convenience store and asked him, did you stalk? I did. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Little did I know he was a retired air traffic controller, military air traffic controller, total opposite of me. And he, he caught me after the meet, the next meeting. He said, now, I don't want you talking in meetings because this is him. Okay. I'm not saying this is for everyone, but this is my experience. He said, you have nothing that they need. You need to be listening, not telling them what you think. Basically what he was saying was all your inexperienced weakness and despair. You save that for me. You come tell me that when you have experienced strength and hope, I will tell you and you can start sharing, but you need to be quiet for the moment. And that wow. was- now I have never heard the opposite of experience, strength, and hope. I have never heard that verbalized of inexperience, weakness, and despair. Inexperience, yeah. weakness, That's powerful. Despair. It is. Yeah. And so he would, he would even get on to me if I read like how it works fast. He said, slow down. He said, that might be the only time someone hears that. And then after I had a year, I got my first year. He says, well, congratulations on doing what other people do every day with no fanfare whatsoever. I said, fuck you. <laughs> I hey, where's my parade? Yeah, I want my. <laughs> and the funny thing was I showed up to get a, get a chip at a night meeting and they gave someone a one-year chip and didn't do it a second time. So I couldn't get my chip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works uh, out. You know, we get what uh, we need every time. Yeah, every time. Sure enough. You know, I, there's something that has stuck with me, which is, you know, something about these crusty old timers, they may be saying it with love, but damn, if it don't hurt when they say it sometimes, but I heard this crusty old timer and it wasn't directed at me. I was just in a meeting early on that, it, that someone picked up a chip and said how proud they were to have made it for a year. And that crusty old timer said something to the effect of proud, proud, you ought to be grateful. And that stuck with me. 
That's wow. something that has stuck with me because, yeah, I mean, I, yes, I have done the work that helps ensure that I can get the time that I've got, but I, it's not mine. It's not an accomplishment of mine. It's a gift. No, every bit of it's a gift. Yeah, Sam. those crusty old timers can slap us upside the head. Man, if they? I can remember that everything <laughs> for me is a gift, everything down to the breath that I'm breathing, uh, I can stay on the right side of humility with that because how, how can I take credit for a gift? I can't. Mm. I can't. Yep. And to, to go back with Don and the parade, you know, as alcoholics, we are the ones who think we deserve an award for receiving a gift. Yeah. I remember hearing that one too. <laughs> Very good. All right. So let's see what the heck is sponsorship and why should I have one? Uh, the short of it is, is uh, it has already been said, a sponsor is a guide. There are so many things about sponsorship. And while y'all were chatting, I did a quick little uh, Google on, on the interwebs of AA sponsorship pamphlet. If you just do that, you'll find it. Um, there's a pamphlet out there called Questions and Answers on Sponsorship. And it's, you know, it's kind of lengthy. It's, but on page 13, 14, and 15, essentially two pages worth, there's this list of what does a sponsor do and not do. And I'm not going to read the list, but it's just there's so much going on. And thankfully, we got all these different kinds of sponsorship out there because we got different kinds of people who need sponsorship. Uh, and over my course of experience in being sponsored and sponsoring, they've been different. The needs that I've had have been different at times, and the needs of the various people coming to me have been different. I haven't sponsored everyone the exact same way. Now, I sponsor out of our literature. I sponsor the program, but I, you know, I don't tell them what to do. I share my experience. If I don't have experience on something, but I have heard experience shared on something, then I'll relate that to them because they've asked about it. One of the cool things I love doing is being able to connect them with someone that I do know who has experience. Oh, you're going through this. I know someone who's gone through it. Y'all should talk. Give them the option if they want to talk. Um, but yeah, in general, a sponsor is a guide through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous or, or whatever 12-step program you're in. That's the basics, a guide through the program of recovery. Everything else is, is up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> and debate we're good at, right? Yeah, we're good at that. <laughs> Unfortunately. Buddy, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's been great to have you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you inviting me on today. I've enjoyed it. Thanks, buddy. Don, it's been okay to see you again. I mean, you know, I, I kind of get used to your face. Well, he does produce the show, <laughs> Sam. I mean, what are we going to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I still have to be nice to him because he can make me sound really dumb. <laughs> I'm going to be got all these powerful editing skills and tools. I mean, <laughs> I can slow you down because he can make me sound really dumb or I can speed you up because he can make me sound really dumb. I can give you the voice of God, but I'm going to make you sound like Minnie Mouse. Yeah, well, I, I still have to be nice to him because he can make me sound really dumb. 
I kind of figured that's what's coming. I am totally <laughs> going to be a pipsqueak when you edit that. <laughs> Where's that pesky owl? <laughs> Thanks for joining us. The Boiled Owl podcast is posted on the 1st and 15th of every month. If you'd like to contribute to help with expenses, information on that is at the bottom of our website. Visit us at boiledowlaa.org or email giveahoot at boiledowlaa.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous in your city or visit aa.org. Please note, Boiled Owl AA is produced by members of Alcoholics Anonymous and only expresses our experience and opinions. It is not endorsed by AA World Services. And remember, y'all, we love our alcoholics. The victim king on my personal throne. Listen to me sing to my bones and my groans. Sit down on the pit pat pit pat Get down on the pit pat pit pat The majesty of my tragedy. Get down, get down, down on me. Sit down on the pit pat pit pat Get down on the pit pat pit pat Sit down on the pit pat pit pat Get down on the pit pat pit pat Pour me, 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 pour me a drink. Thank you.